All right, everybody, it is time for another episode of the Crypto 101 podcast. But before we dive in to our awesome, awesome guest and conversation today, I want to remind you guys of two things. And the first one is that if you go to Crypto101insider.com, you can join our private community. Here's where we have our model portfolio and all of our top picks. We also have uh, Crypto 101 University. Uh, where we have hours and hours and hours of written and video content that explains blockchain and explains cryptocurrency in a very bite-sized and easy-to-understand way. Uh, And we have a weekly newsletter that goes out and quarterly state of crypto addresses that go out. There is just a ton of value packed into this every which way. So I want you guys first uh, to go to Crypto101Insider.com today uh, if you haven't already. I also want to remind you guys that Pizza Mind and I recently just finished a book. Uh, It took 11 months of our lives to write, and we're calling it Crypto Revolution, Your Guide to the Future of Money. We walk you through this fascinating world of cryptocurrencies and blockchain, and it's part history book, it's part instructional guide, and it's going to really show you guys why cryptocurrencies are globally disruptive and how they're going to actually change in real life and in real terms the way that we buy and sell and even live. We include a bunch of how-tos on getting started with your first exchanges. Uh, We give you tips on how to safely buy and sell and store cryptocurrencies, as well as how do we evaluate potentially good cryptocurrencies. And the best part of the book is that we're giving it away for free. All you have to do is pay for shipping and handling. So go to CryptoRevolution.com and pick up your copy today. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Crypto 101 podcast. It is your co-host, Pizza Mind, here. Bryce Paul is here with us as well. Bryce, it's been a while since we've been able to come together and do one of these things together. How you been, man? Yeah, man. Sometimes it, it seems in the craziness of life, you'll grab a guest, I'll grab a guest. And I always think that the best episodes are when you and I are together in action. Uh, and so, luckily, we've got an amazing guest today whose schedule synced up extremely well with ours as well. Um, we have Dr. Lehman Baird from Hedera Hashgraph with us. Uh, Dr. Baird, welcome to the show. Oh, thanks. It's great to be here. Great to be here with both of you. This is wonderful. And, and did I pronounce that 100% correctly? You did. Lehman Baird. Uh, very okay. nice. Thank you. Lehman Baird. Uh, and, and you prefer Dr. Baird, Lehman? Oh, no, just call me Lehman. Everyone calls me Lehman. Perfect. And, and Lehman, I mean, you you have a, a renowned story, um, you, you know, a really renowned cryptographer. You, you've invented a lot of uh, very, you know, profound aspects uh, that run decentralized and distributed systems. And so it's an honor to have you on the, on the Crypto 101 podcast. And we briefed you before. Again, the Crypto 101 audience is... Uh, you know, we're Crypto 101. We're not your typical audience that you might write a, a, a professorial dissertation to or a, a, a cryptographic white paper or anything like that. But, you know, you've got such an interesting background. And I think that people will be learning a lot here over the course of the next 30 to 45 minutes. So can you can you quickly introduce yourself um, and let us know a little bit about your background? Oh, sure. So I'm Lehman. Uh, I enjoy doing stuff with math and with computers. I'm a computer scientist. I've done all sorts of different things. I was a a professor for a long time and I've started a bunch of companies and I like to write programs for fun. I like to do math for fun. 
I enjoy teaching stuff and um, just all sorts of different things. I like to do a wide variety of things. I've had a, a lot of different things in my past. Yeah. And, and it's funny because somebody listening, they're like, wow, that sounds a lot different from me. Like uh, I'm kind of a, you know, I, I'm doing my own thing. I'm not a math guy, but here we are all together and we're coming together over one thing. And that's kind of this idea of cryptocurrency. Um, it's called a lot of things, it's blockchain, it's distributed governance. So tell us a little bit about why you are here particularly. What about everything that you've been interested in has led you kind of to like build Hedera Hashgraph? Yeah. So it's cool this that you said the audience is kind of new to all of this. This is exciting stuff. And I really do see these, these distributed ledger technologies, these blockchain type things are going to end up changing the world. And this year, especially, we're just seeing real usage. So how did I get into this field? Well, I started with just a math problem that I thought was fun. I wanted to be able to have a bunch of computers that come to an agreement really fast but also really secure. I wanted to make it so that even if some of the computers are bad, they're malicious, they're trying to hurt the system, we'll still come to consensus. And even if the bad guys control the internet, we'll still come to consensus. And if they can shut down a few computers whenever they want, we'll still come to consensus. We'll all come to an agreement. All the computers will come to an agreement. So what do they come to an agreement on? Well, they come to an agreement when you send in transactions, like you say, I wanna move some cryptocurrency from one account to another. Okay, it's just numbers. I have 10 H bars, you have 20 H bars, and I want to give you five H bars. So I put in a, trans, a, a transaction that just says, I want to give him five H bars. So my 10 will go down to five and his 20 will go up to, to 25. That transaction, all the computers see it and they say, okay, we're going to update the balances. And now Lehman only has five and he has 25. That works. What they have to agree on though, is the order of these transactions. Because if I have five now and I try to give someone 10, they need to know that that, that, that transaction that brought me down to five came first. You can't, can't be like act- bouncing checks around, basically. Exactly. So if you try to write the same check twice, one of them bounces. But they need to all agree on which one bounces. And that's why it takes five or 10 days to settle in the, the traditional system. In your system, it takes milliseconds. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So we, we have the entire network agrees and will tell you that things have happened in a few seconds. Whereas if you want to send someone a wire with your bank, it may take days. And with banks, it can, you know, it's just, it's a nightmare. So the whole idea here is that the network comes to this agreement on what the order is. Because if I try to spend my money at two different stores, only one of them should get the money. So we need to know which one came first. And you can do other things besides just cryptocurrency. You can do tokens where you take things in the real world and you turn them into ones and zeros inside the ledger. And then you can actually sell them to people that you don't even know. And you don't have to worry about them stealing from you. And so I can give you some um, some tokens that represent dollars and you give me some represent a house and I buy a house from you. And there is no way that you could get the money without me getting the house. I can't steal from you and get the house without you getting the money. And you can't steal from me and get the money without me getting the house. It's guaranteed that we can't steal from each other, even if we're total strangers. And there's no third party in the middle between us. It's just the ledger itself is able to make sure that we can do these things, even with strangers, totally securely in seconds. That's what it is. That's phenomenal. Um, And it's, the hash graph is what really makes it a special system as opposed to a blockchain which takes much longer to settle. So it's a very revolutionary way of 
structuring your data. And that's what allows it to settle so quickly. Now, Hedero is one of the first companies, correct me if I'm wrong, to use this technology and implement it. And you guys had this big coming out party in 2017 and one of the few companies that actually delivered on its promises. Can you give us an update on where you guys are into building out this technology and the evolution of the ecosystem being built on that technology? Oh, yeah. So we started in 2016 with this crazy idea that we would start a ledger on top of this technology, which is really fast and very secure. But we said, hey, why don't we have a public ledger? Not only that, why don't we have good governance? Have the people in charge of it be good? I know what we'll do is we'll get the biggest companies in the world to each own a share and control Hedera to make sure that you can trust it. Even if you don't trust any one of the companies, you can trust them all together. And it was just crazy. We said, well, we're going we're to go get Google and IBM and LG Electronics, and we'll get one of the le biggest legal firms in the world, and maybe the biggest telecom in all of Europe, the biggest bank in all of Africa. You know, we'll just get people around the world that are the biggest people, one of the top 10 universities in the world. We'll just go get all those. Okay, that was in 2016, we decided to do that. In 2017, we actually started the company. And in 2018, we announced to the world, I stood on a stage in Broadway and got to tell the world about this new Hedera thing with fantastic promises. We're gonna be fast, we're gonna be secure, we're gonna have amazing governance. And then it happened. Over 2018, we started with some really good council members. We got a lot more, including all the names I just said. Uh, we, we got, um, <laughs> which is just fun. We get people like Chainlink, which is a big name in the blockchain community. Uh, we got all sorts of people. Not only that, we rolled it out and allowed the world to use it. In 2018, we minted the coins, the cryptocurrency coins, and there will never be any more of them. It's a fixed supply so you don't get inflation. And then in 2019, we let the world start playing with it and using it. We let a few people play with it, a few tens of thousands prior to that. But in 2018, it opened up to the whole world. And so the whole world could use this system and you could send cryptocurrency back and forth. You could run little programs on top of our, our, our uh, ledger. These little programs are called smart contracts. You could run those written in Solidity, a standard language. You could store files. All these things were built in. But since 2018, we've been adding things. So we've been adding a lot of people to the council and we've been adding a lot of features to Hedera itself. Like we added tokens recently at the native layer. So I told you, you could run little programs. You could run little programs that would create your own cryptocurrency or would create your own tokens. You could take things of value like that house and turn it into ones and zeros in our ledger so that you could buy and sell it and transfer it and stuff. But that's anytime you write your own program that sits on top in a smart contract, it's slower. What we did is we put tokens down there at the bottom layer. And now they are running at the speed of the bottom layer. And when I say speed, I'm talking about 10,000 transactions every second. Mind-bogglingly fast. We've done over a billion transactions now. 1.4 billion transactions have been processed through the system in just a year and a half. That's more than any other ledger on the planet. Hmm. So we are the most used ledger. More people are using us per second right now than anyone else. And so we built the token system so that you could do tokens at that incredible speed. Also, we made it really cheap. And we can afford to do that because we can go so fast. Each individual transaction can be really cheap. And when I say cheap, other ledgers, you might spend tens of dollars to do a transfer. We charge you one one hundredth of a penny, one one hundredth of a US cent. 
And it's even pegged to the US dollar so that as cryptocurrencies become more and less expensive and oscillate wildly, if you build a company on Hedera, you know what your costs are going to be. You know it's a hundredth of a cent to send a cryptocurrency or a tenth of a cent to send a token. You can have a token worth a million dollars. You transfer it to someone and for that million dollar transfer, you pay a tenth of a penny. So these are things that we've added. Uh, we also added the consensus service, which is crazy. It's not a service, it's a way you can build services at the native layer. So I told you, you can write little programs on top of us. We've had that from the very beginning and they can do whatever they do. But now we've added the consensus service where you could build your own network that does your own thing using whatever computer language you want. It can do whatever power it wants and then use Hedera to do the consensus on your transactions. And so it runs at the speed of the native layer and it does whatever you want. Anything you want happens at the speed of the native layer. And that's a consensus service. And then the third thing that really has changed over the last few years is our customers and our users and the people building on us and the people getting involved in changing us. And so we've had huge amounts of big companies building on us, little companies building on us, startups building on us. We've had hackathons where people have invented really cool things. We give out grants to people who are starting up companies and, and trying to um, build on us. And we have enormous amount of people building on us. I told you we're the most used ledger right now. It's because of all these people building. And not only that, but the community itself is getting involved in telling us what to build and designing it. And we're doing it now. Uh, this is the Hedera improvement process, HIP, HIP, okay. the HIP process, starting with HIP1, which defines how HIPs work. We have a whole bunch of other HIPs now that people have submitted and that we've gone through it. The community's figured out what we ought to build and we've approved it. And we're actually building these things now. It's very, very um, um, growing very rapidly and exciting to watch everything that's going on. We have gone a long way since 2018. And I'd say we're just at the beginning. You yeah, haven't seen anything yet. It, it really does sound like it. And, it. and what it sounds like to me is kind of like this next layer, uh, or not this next layer, but kind of like this next evolution uh, of smart contract platforms. So everybody's kind of familiar with Ethereum. And I think a lot of people, you know, kind of heard about Cardano. Um, and, you know, they, Cardano kind of maybe sounds as well like a, a competitor or competing platform. Uh, maybe there's going to be a future where there's interoperation. Uh, how do you kind of think about the current landscape? Is it kind of a one? character takes all or is there going to be a plethora of these sorts of platforms because because what you said was interesting you're like you know there, there's all sorts of companies that are leveraging Hedera right you building companies on top of it or building applications and right there, there's people that are you know building on Ethereum and you know Google's got initiatives on you know Bitcoin and Ethereum and Hedera and all over the place and so is there a world where everything meets or is it just it's going to be one winner takes all no, not winner, one winner takes all. I do believe there'll be multiple ledgers, just like in any other market. Take anything. When people invented computers, they've invented operating systems, they invented cars. Was there one company that ruled it all? No. But what you did start with was a whole bunch of companies, a thousand companies, half of them scams. And then it got narrowed down and you eventually had a few that were really providing value to the world. And from the very beginning, our plan has been to build something that will last a hundred years. We say this all the time, we're building a hundred year ledger. We're building a hundred year company. We do everything we can, not just to do a quick pump and dump and, and make us happy in the short term. We're trying to build something of real value that will last. Now, 
Will there only be one ledger in the world? Of course not. Is there only one car company in the world? No. There's lots, and, and there's not as many as there were originally, but there's lots. And so um, the take the dot-com bubble. Everybody said, I'm going to make a website. Okay, 90% of them were garbage, and they all went away. There wasn't even a, a crash. Does that mean that websites don't exist? No. The web has changed the world. We have websites today. Does it mean there's only one website in the world? No, there's a lot. And people who started like Amazon before the crash went just fine through the crash. They were fine. They just winnowed out, winnowed out all those people. They didn't really try to build something of value. We're the same way. You talked about Google. Google is a council member. That means that they own a share of Hedera. They tell Hedera what to do. They give us advice, just like all the other council members. Uh, and then they're involved in other ledgers too. Why wouldn't you be? You also talked about interoperability. And I think that is incredibly important. If you have, for example, a token, that's probably the, the easiest example of interoperability. You have a token on one ledger, that means you can send it back and forth to other people on that ledger. On another ledger, they might have a different kind of token. You have apple tokens and banana tokens, tokens and cherry tokens. And if you're both on the same ledger, I could give you some apples for your bananas. It works fine. But if we're on different ledgers, how do I give you an apple for your banana? Well, you can do it, but the way you do it is by building bridges between ledgers. And bridges themselves are like little ledgers, like little blockchains in some ways. Um, I told you about building app nets with us, with our consensus service. Turns out to be a really good way to build bridges between ledgers. And so we are uh, very much uh, interested in that and working with people who build bridges between all these ledgers so they can interoperate with each other. And from the beginning, we've done this. We even have things like state proofs that are technical things that make it extremely good for interoperability. And um, when other ledgers catch up and add their own state proofs, they will be able to interoperate really well with them. And I think everybody will eventually have to do it. Uh, okay. Just all these things are in the future and the world is moving really fast towards that in the future. Today, many small business owners are busier than ever. Time spent searching for and interviewing the wrong candidates for an opening could be time better spent growing a business. Uh, and that's why LinkedIn Jobs has made it easier to get the candidates worth interviewing faster, okay? And it's free. In fact, I mean, here at Crypto 101, we used LinkedIn to hire our newest employee, Ryan. And funny enough, he actually in turn worked with the folks at LinkedIn to partner with us here on the podcast as a sponsor. So, so how about that? So create a free job post in minutes on LinkedIn jobs to reach your network and well beyond that to the world's largest professional network of over 750 million people. Focus on candidates with the skills and experience that you need. Use screening questions to get the role in front of only the most qualified people, and then use the simple tools on LinkedIn jobs to quickly filter and prioritize who you want to interview and ultimately hire. Uh, so LinkedIn jobs helps you find the candidates worth interviewing faster. And did you know every week, nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn? Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash crypto. That's linkedin.com slash crypto to post your job for free. Terms and conditions do apply. One of the really interesting things that you mentioned was like how, how you have the council member architecture. And, and I kind of want to like just kind of unpack this because I think it's a lot different and I'm not super familiar. So I'm kind of posing this as a question as well. But like, I think it's um, a lot different than like how Ethereum has miners, right? 
um, where you know miners or just anybody in the world could go kind of download a, an Ethereum mining node and spin it up um, and, and, and start to earn Ethereum. And can people like mine uh, HBAR tokens or are only those uh, certain council members um, entitled to tokens or how does that all kind of work? Yeah, so you say several different things. First of all, there's the mining. Um, usually we use that when we're talking about proof of work where you use lots of electricity. It's a way of turning tons of electricity and expensive computers into uh, tokens and you get the cryptocurrency. Uh, we do proof of stake. So we don't have to do the proof of work stuff. So like there was a company recently that published a report that said we use, compared to Bitcoin, how much energy, how much electricity you use per transaction, we are lower by a factor of 5 million. So our miners aren't really mining, they are full nodes on a proof of stake system, which is kind of cool. Then you asked about, well, who can run a node? Well, we have this path right now, we have the council members running nodes, and then we're going to allow the community members that we know to run nodes, and then we'll allow anonymous people to run nodes. And so we're on this path and we will go down that path over time. And then you also asked um, about uh, the council members as miners getting tons of coins. It doesn't work that way. So let's talk more about the council. They do not get all the coins. So when we minted all these coins originally, you know, they have been distributed over time and there's still a bunch sitting in the treasury. The council members can't just raid the treasury and take all the coins. Um, if, if Google is 121st of all of, our, of all of our council, they can't just go grab a 20th of all our coins or a 21st of all our coins and take it away with them. And when they run their node, they do get some money to run the node, but it's not much of a profit for them. It's just a little bit more than it costs to run their node. Over time, I think we may increase the profit a little bit more, but, um, but right now that's all it is. And so it is not the case that they are making a fortune off of being council members. So why are they doing it? Well, they're doing it because they want to build on Hedera. We have council members doing amazing things on Hedera and they want to be steering the ship. If they're gonna build on this thing, they wanna be able to make it, um, make it successful. And so they are there, they're distributed so that they can keep checks and, and have uh, tabs on each other and be checks and balances on each other. You don't get that immediately in a system where the governance is just everybody who runs a node is a governor. And if they don't like your new version, then they split off and they fork the network. Uh, in the early days, that's what all the ledgers have been like. Lots of splits, lots of new ledgers formed. But in the long term, you want to stop splitting. So like for the example, I told you in your house, if you were to record who owns a house in the ledger, it's like a token. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Put in the ledger. If you're going to sell me your house, then we need to record that now I own the house. But if the ledger splits, there'd be two different copies of this record of who owns the house. Then if I sell the house and record it in one of the ledgers, the, other, the two ledgers are out of sync. And then if you're going to buy a house, you'd have to go look in the ledger to see who currently owns it. Which ledger do you look in? You see, as the world starts to use ledgers for more and more real world things, as it kind of the industry matures, you want more and more to be able to prove that it's not just going to split. 
And so the governance isn't just everyone who runs a node decides whether they like the latest code update or not. And if they don't like it, they start their own network. It isn't like that. It also isn't like what you see in many ledgers where the power is officially, hey, anybody can help us code. But you know, over time, what happens is you have a small um, group of people who end up spending a lot of effort and they end up kind of running the thing. And when they talk, they're talking in private and you don't know what they're saying. That's the opposite of true decentralized governance, which is where you have these big companies that we have, but spread around the world, where they're on every continent and you know who they are. And when they meet every other month, they publish the minutes of the meetings. You have total transparency on what they're doing. And if they ever do anything malicious, you'll know about it. You have all the source code, you can see how the, the network is behaving and you can catch them if they're doing anything malicious and it will ruin their reputation and they care about their reputation. You couldn't go bribe Google to do something malicious because they're, you know, not for a million dollars, maybe for a trillion dollars, but you know, you're not gonna be able to afford to, to bribe them to do something malicious. And so by having big groups spread across the world, we have better decentralization of the governance than you do in most ledgers where it's just a handful of people. And for some ledgers, it's a handful of pools, you know, where the majority of them are in one country where the, the government could take it over if they wanted to. That's not, that's not good decentralized governance. What you really want is to ensure that you're on every continent. We're on every continent except Antarctica. Maybe we'll get Antarctica at some point. That's, where you're, that's, that's the problem. <laughs> <laughs> the that is the problem. I'm just kidding. Uh, I'll tell you, I love the Starlink that, uh, that Elon Musk did. Um, we may be able to use his thing to have a node in Antarctica. Wouldn't that be cool? That would be epic. That would be amazing. And the funny Even thing I is- wanted to- uh, touch on one point that you were talking about there with decentralization. There's going to be a term coming up later this year uh, that's part of these new FATF guidelines that are being passed. Um, and the SEC, you know, just words and rumors, but the term is sufficiently decentralized, in quotes. No one knows what sufficiently decentralized means. It's not defined, but basically that's going to be the line in the sand between when you have to apply securities laws and file with the SEC and do all this stuff versus operating as a DAO, a decentralized autonomous organization that's owned and operated by the community. And therefore, well, if all these people come to agreement, then the government doesn't need to get involved. That seems to be the general attitude, but no one really knows what sufficiently decentralized is. We'd love to get your definition of you know a true decentralized network in a, a little more detail since that's what you were going with it. Yes, so I love this this idea of getting some clarity. Uh, that's the sing single biggest problem in our field is lack of regulatory clarity. We really need to know what's going on. We from the very beginning made it our top priority to make sure that we were talking to these people. We were talking to the SEC before anybody else was, and we talked to Treasury, and we talked to a brief Congress. We've done all sorts of things. We are constantly talking to these people, and. We are uh, not a security, we are a commodity or we are a currency or something, we're not a security. This is what we've been saying. We've been talking to with them about how to make sure that we're not uh, gonna get in trouble for anything, that we really are doing things the right way. We've had some inputs into their discussions as to, well, what is a security? What is decentralized? What are these things? What is a cryptocurrency? Is a cryptocurrency a security or a commodity or a currency or is it something else? Well, obviously it's in some sense something else, but the question is how do you wanna regulate it? How should the IRS regulate it? How should all these different people regulate it? Plus, I only talked about one country. You have the same questions about every country on earth. 
So we have done everything we can to make sure that it really is decentralized and it's run by the council. No one person can move coins around. No one person can do anything. All of these nodes are um, jointly coming to conclusions about where things go, you know, where the tokens go, where the cryptocurrency goes, how things run. But they're all coming to this joint conclusion. No one node is doing it. And in fact, the US even had this um, recent thing that they said that banks can now run nodes in networks, uh, which is kind of cool. And of course, the network as a whole may have nodes run by bad people and run in, in bad countries, but it, it doesn't matter. The nature of the, of the network as a whole is that it's trustworthy, even if it has a few bad apples. That's the whole point of ledgers. This is the sole reason that blockchains and distributed ledger technology exist, is to build your trust in it so that even if there's a few bad apples, they can't hurt anything. And so I do think that it looks like regulators and others are coming to understand this, that if it is decentralized with a bunch of different computers running it, then no one computer, if it's a bad actor, can do bad things. And that people can use this as a utility, it is important that it's in many different countries. Both the nodes and the governance itself both need to be decentralized. It's important that it's on different continents, that it's under different governments. Um, we're even decentralized in time. I didn't even mention that. We have term limits. So the council members can only be a council member. They, their term is three years, and then they can serve a second term of three years, and then they have to leave. And the council itself will vote on who is them. So we even have it decentralized in time. They're also in different markets. Some are companies, some are universities. We have diversity of kind of thing they are. And what's even more important, the decentralization is the transparency. And I said that before, but it is a critical thing for these, um, for governance. You don't have conversations happening behind the scenes in smoke-filled rooms that end up controlling what happens you have actual transparency of the governance itself. So for all of these reasons, we have from the very beginning did everything we can to talk to these organizations. And you know, we didn't run off to a country that would shield us from the laws of the big countries. We actually incorporated right here in the United States. So we're spread around the world. We have people around the world, very headquarters in the United States. We're a Delaware company. Why did we do that? Why didn't we run away from the SEC and from these other organizations, these other regulatory bodies? because we're not running away, we're building a hundred year company. And I don't think you can hide ultimately, if you run away, you'll eventually, you'll eventually get caught. You eventually have to do the right thing for all the major countries on earth. And that's what we're trying to do. And so this has been our top priority from the beginning. I love it. Yeah, it, it's awesome. And, and you know, it's kind of speaking about, you know, being here in the States, you, you teamed up with another guy, Mance Harmon, who we've had on the show several times actually, um, why did you choose Mance as your uh, your, your partner? <laughs> why did Mance choose me as his partner? <laughs> no, no, no. Mance and I go back more than a quarter century. So this is a great story. Um, we started in the in the early nineties, nineteen nineties. We were working in a lab on research of neural networks. These are computers that learn how to do things on their own, which is really crazy. So you're I thought me you were researching neural networks before people even like knew what Netflix was. <laughs> before people even invented uh, like a web page. <laughs> yes. Yes. I remember I was actually at that lab the first time I saw for the first time um, web pages as opposed to some of the older technologies that were before that. Uh, just crazy, crazy. I was there at the beginning of the web and we were doing machine learning. 
I remember I was there when uh, Terminator 2 came out and the Terminator says, I am able to learn because I have neural networks in my head. And in one of the deleted scenes, they flipped the switch to make him learn. This is what we were doing at the time. And the reason I loved Terminator 2 was that the plot of the movie was that there was a research scientist working for the Air Force in machine learning and he destroyed the world. And at that time, I was a research scientist working for the Air Force in machine learning. Didn't quite do that. That's last wild. But yeah. instead of destroying the world, you're helping bringing it together. So we're lucky that uh, reality is a little bit better than fantasy this time <laughs> around anyway. So yes. when you've got, you know, Hedera fully operational, what's that picture look like? Not the Terminator, of course. No, the what it looks like is that you have a hundred year utility for the entire planet and everyone around the world can be using this for permanently recording things. I talked about tokens. I didn't even talk about proof of action and recording things, but this is a huge use where you want to show to the world that you're doing something and you want to guarantee that you aren't cooking the books and showing one person one set of books and someone else something else. So we have like ad stacks doing this with advertisements to, to eliminate fraud in that industry of certain types. You have um, coupon bureau working to, get to eliminate fraud in coupons in certain types just by flowing the information through us. We're gonna see that. We're gonna see ways of knowing that your vaccines are good because right now someone's building on, on Hedera to track your COVID vaccine to see was it actually cold at each step along the way. And frig refrigerators have, have thermometers that automatically send their temperature readings on that particular serial numbered vial of COVID vaccine through Hedera. And that's what we have people doing that right now. Uh, we, you're gonna see that in the future, but not just for one thing, for everything. Everything will be tracked. We have Avery Dennison on our council and they're, they're doing this thing where they track, um, when you sell products that have RFIDs in it, you can see what happens. You can keep track of it if you want to. They're tracking like 13 billion things and they say there's another 6 billion they're gonna put on us in a year. That's just mind boggling. So in the future, you're gonna see that. But I'll tell you what else you're gonna see. You're gonna see things that right now are hugely having friction being really easy. Right now, if you want some stock, you have to go through a stockbroker. You have to pay huge fees on it. You won't have to do that. Just from your phone, you'll buy some stock instantly with almost no fees at all. And if you want to sell to someone else, it'll just be almost instant. No fees at all. No stockbroker involved. No stock market involved. Just a market on the ledger itself. Instantly able to do that. You'll also be able to do things like buy a diamond for a million dollars and then use a millionth of that diamond to buy some coffee at Starbucks. You can't do that today. I can't chip off a little piece of a diamond and give it for a cup of coffee, but you'll be able to do that when everything is tokenized. You'll even be able to buy and sell and trade in things that we haven't even imagined. Like right now, Spencer Dinwiddie started Galaxy, which is built on us, and they are tokenizing things you wouldn't even think of. He tokenized his own future income, and you can now buy a piece of his future income with the NBA, and yeah, you get paid in the future. Can you imagine that? And he has set up a company to help other creators, creative people to do the same thing. Or he's tokenized his shoes. There are people who buy and sell shoes that have been worn by famous people. There's a huge market of that. He's tokenizing that. He's even tokenizing things you wouldn't even guess, you wouldn't even think of. Like through his system that he's building with us, his fans who have these tokens can vote 
on which shoes he will wear at his next basketball game. Wow. It's just crazy. Or you can, creators who are famous can have tokenization of, hey, you want to have lunch with me? We can have lunch. And you can you can buy that. <laughs> or maybe if they're very powerful, you want to pitch your new next company idea to them. You can They can tokenize that. You can have that. So you mean like <laughs> we could even, like all the fans of a basketball player could vote on which team he signs his next contract with? <laughs> this is not impossible. We're talking about a totally different world. That could happen. Wow. This is this is crazy. You have companies like Uber that have all these people working for them and there's talk about that. Why do you need the Uber? Why can't you have every driver be his own boss and just use tokenization to be buying and selling the ride with the with the actual user? Why can't they just pay with cryptocurrency? And why can't they find the Uber through a decentralized distributed system that's running on top of Hedera? Mm -hmm. Why can't you decentralize? Why can't we decentralize everything? Whole companies could break up into small groups or even individuals of people who just collectively get together to solve a problem. And then when they're done, they dissolve that and collectively gather again. Uh, the gig economy becoming you know, on steroids. Uh, these sorts of things can be possible. All sorts of things can be possible. I can't even imagine some of the things that are going to happen with smart cities, smart cars, smart appliances around you, Internet of Things. Who knows where this is all going to go? Yeah, it's fantastic. And I love the kind of the way that you talked about it as a public utility almost, right? It's this public utility. People could come and they could build on it. Um, and it's, it's really fascinating. It's almost like a secured layer for applications and stuff on top of the Internet. Um, that's kind of one of the ways I think about it. Um, yeah, but but the interesting thing is that it has um, an economy built into it, and it's centered around the H bar token, which is like you said, it's a commodity slash currency. It's almost a commodity currency. Um, could you kind of talk about why these blockchain networks or hashgraph networks or uh, what is the other one, the directed acyclic graphs? Uh, why do these things have tokens? And you know, essentially, you know, are what's going on? Like, are they aligning certain incentives? Um, yeah, so you have to have it. So with, um, with the very first one, with Bitcoin, the first really successful ledger, it had to have the token because that was its only purpose of existing. But it also had the token because the token is what you use to buy the transactions on the network. So if you want to send your Bitcoin to someone, you can do that, that's a transaction. But how do you pay for it? You have to pay for it with little pieces of Bitcoin yourself. Same thing on Hedera. If you want to do these transactions, you pay for it in HBARs. There has to be some way to keep track of how you're going to pay for things, which is what these cryptocurrencies are. So every ledger has to have a cryptocurrency that allows it to operate. How else would you pay for the transactions? Um, even if you wanted to pay for the transactions in say US dollars, the US dollar is not a token. So you'd have to wrap it inside of a token on the ledger. In other words, you'd have to create a cryptocurrency. It, and what, what happens? In the case of free transactions, it sounds like maybe there'd be a spam attack. That is exactly right. So we do give some things for free, but we're very careful because you have a tragedy of the commons. Anytime you have something that's truly free, people can overuse it and then they can just wipe you out. And so you know, like in Ethereum, they said, you know what? If you buy some memory, we'll give it to you for all eternity for free. Okay maybe you want to be charging rent because you know all eternity should in some sense cost infinite amounts. And so now they're gonna add rent. And so we, we do the same thing. We try to decide what should be free and what should be cost 
you should pay for. And what we try to do is make it so that everything that truly costs us something to do is paid for just enough to pay for the, what it costs us to do it. But because we're so fast, it costs almost nothing to do these things. And so our prices are very, very low for that reason. That's why the, the, uh, the fees are incredibly low, like a hundredth of a penny, because it just doesn't cost us very much to process a transaction because we can do a lot every second. So that's one reason that every ledger has cryptocurrency. Well, that's two actually. For Bitcoin, it was because that was the whole point of it. It's a scarce commodity. Anything that's scarce becomes valuable. And so it inherently has value. That's why stamp collecting is, is valuable. You can't actually use those stamps to send a letter, but they're, they're valuable because they're scarce and because people think they're valuable, which is a very weird thing to wrap your mind around. Something is valuable because people think it's valuable and they think it's valuable because it's valuable. Yeah, it goes crazy. But that's, that's what you have. So for Bitcoin, that's its, own, that's its value. Also, its value is to use it on the network. Same thing for us. Hedera has HBARs that are limited supply, so they have some value inherently, but you use them to run the network. Then there is a third use for cryptocurrencies. And this is for those networks that use that as their scarce resource to keep it secure. So if you're gonna run a network, if you're gonna have anonymous nodes, anonymous people can run computers on your network, you have to worry about them, one person pretending to be a million nodes and then just taking over your network. That would be a horrible attack. That's a civil attack. It's like you have split personality. To stop that, there has to be some scarce resource that you need. If you have a scarce resource that is needed to run one of these nodes, then you can ensure that one person can't run a million nodes because they'd have to split their scarce resource a million ways and each node would only have one one millionth of the impact and it wouldn't matter, it wouldn't help them. So it stops civil attacks. So for proof of work systems, like the original systems, the scarce resource is electricity and computing power. You have to buy a supercomputer, ASIC mining rigs, maybe a graphics card, but these days it's mostly ASIC mining rigs, you know, special purpose computers just for that. You have to buy a lot of it until it gets steamrolled. But usually you buy a lot of it and then you feed it lots of electricity. And that is what stops you from having these civil attacks where people just pretend to be a lot of computers. But it's expensive. You know, that's using more electricity than all of Ireland. There was a published report that says we use one five millionth of the electricity because we don't use the electricity as our scarce resource. Instead, we use the H bars themselves. So we have staking. And so anyone who's holding some H bars would be able to run a node and stake, stake it. And then if you were to be pretending to be a million different people and try to run a million nodes, you'd have to take that little pot of H bars and break it up into a million pieces and each node wouldn't have much influence. And so we use that. That's what a proof of stake system does. And so people like Ethereum are trying to switch from proof of work to proof of stake because, hey, you don't have to use all that electricity. It just makes sense. And so that's a third use for the cryptocurrency. You can use it to keep it secure. You can use it just because you have to use it to use the network. You wouldn't have a ledger without it. And then it also can be something of valuable in its own right because it's a scarce resource, all three. That's an amazing explanation of why these things are tokenized. Uh, probably the best I've ever heard. So thank you for that. Uh, I'm very sold on what you guys are building over there. And I know a lot of people listening are too. So the question on everyone's mind at this point is, how do we all get involved? How does the average person who's not a developer get involved with Hedera Hashcraft today? Yeah. So if you go to our website, you can see a bunch of stuff um, that has links to all the things I'm about to talk to. So go to hedera.com and you can see links to all these things. 
you can get involved in um, YouTube. We have our YouTube channel. You can see all the videos that we've done. You can learn about it. You can talk to your friends about that. You can discuss it. There's discussions on Discord and on other social media. We have Twitter discussions. People are discussing it. You can talk to people who are building on it. We have developers, a huge developer community doing the HIP process I told you about that are doing things with it. You could get involved in, if you are an entrepreneur, you start a company that builds on top of it. And if you're not technical, you hire some technical geeks to take care of that. It's not all that hard to, to use Hedera. Uh, we have lots of example code and, and lots of open source code we've given away that you can use to build your company. But if, if you're a non-technical person, but you're a smart person, you want to build a company, hey, it's great. In fact, we have a grant program for startups. And so you know, let us know. Maybe we'll give you a grant to help you uh, start up your startup. Uh, and we have hackathons, um, but that's for developers. But um, if, you, if you're a business type person, you can do that. If you're not business or technical, but you're just interested in other ways, you can be talking to these people. Uh, you can always uh, get HBARs yourself, and there's a whole ecosystem of, of wallets and things. Um, Hedera.com slash guide tells you about all of those. You can see those things. Uh, and you can just keep following things like this channel right here. Uh, listen to these guys about what's going on in the world. There you go. And keep your eyes open, seriously. Because this is like the internet in 1994. It has not changed the world yet, but there's a bunch of people that know it is. It is going to change the world. Um, just like the internet has a million things built on top of it that have changed every aspect of society. So we're a trust layer above the internet that's going to change every part of society. And keep your eyes open, watch as it's happening. Keep Love it. Keep it. I mean, how could you guys walk away from an episode like this and not be stoked and inspired? Uh, Dr. Lehman Baird, thank you so much for coming on the show. And everybody at home, uh, come back next week because we're going to have some amazing guests for you. Uh, thanks a lot. I really appreciate being here. Cheers. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.